This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to Tigers in 20, Go Tigers 247 audio podcast. Your one-stop shop for all things University of Memphis Tigers athletics. Stepping up to the microphone are your hosts, the founder of Go Tigers 247, Brooks Hansen, and lead writer for Go Tigers 247, Christian Fowler. What's up, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode. I'm your host, Christian Fowler, and joining me as always is Go Tigers 247 digital content creator, Kenny Stubblefield. And we are back this week to break down the first round win over Dayton and to look forward to Thursday's matchup against Boise State in the corner fi- quarterfinals of the NIT. If you're wondering where Brooks is, again, he's actually out of town now. I know last week when we recorded, he was having internet issues due to the tornadoes. And now he's on vacation until Tuesday, which will be in the- when this podcast is released. So Brooks is on vacation. Kenny and I are a bit jealous, but we are here to talk to you guys today. As I mentioned, we're going to start with the win over Dayton. First half was a little rocky. Memphis uh, couldn't get shots to fall. Uh, they were down by one point at halftime. And then in the second half, really what happened, if you ask me, is Lester Quinones, Landers Nolly, and DeAndre Williams kind of took that game into their own hands and allowed Memphis to get uh, an 11-point win over Dayton and obviously a much-needed game. Uh, loser win- or winner go home, and Memphis was able to play an extremely, extremely solid second half. Second half was pretty back and forth uh, until like the last five or six minutes and and Memphis kind of took over that game. So a really good performance against a good team. I think a lot of a lot of people were overlooking Dayton and and they are a solid team that had some had some nice wins on the season. And Memphis was able to limit Jalen Crutcher to six points on 30 percent shooting. Uh, Kenny and I talked about it last week, how important that matchup was. And I can't say I'm surprised in the least that Memphis was able to shut him down because it's what they do. They shut down top-level guards, and they did so once again um, in a big moment, even without Alex Lomax. So shout-out to those guys for locking down Jalen Crutcher. That was the key matchup. You know, If he has 15 to 18 points, Memphis probably doesn't win that game. So they shut him down um, and caught fire offensively in the second half. Kenny, real quick, we're going to try to stay on Boise State for most of this podcast, but what were some of your takeaways from that win over Dayton? It was Lester and Landers. I mean, they are – I mean, Landers had a great first half, came out of the gate, guns blazing, which is what he's been typically – has typically done this year. Um, I I mean, obviously the biggest part is that he didn't fade away in the second half like he's done a lot this year. Um, But I think a lot of that is also due to the adjustments that Penny made at halftime, he he made adjustments that kept Landers engaged in on the offensive side of the ball. But but uh, truth be told, man, Lester 
Quinones has turned into um, one of the most consistent, effective guards that the Tigers have seen in 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 years. Um, he is he gets it done at all angles and all all places on the court. I mean, he is such an effective rebounder for a six foot five guard. He's such an effective rebounder and such an effective defender. Almost almost cherishes the opportunity to, to, to bang with a guard, um, to frustrate a guard, to get them to the point where they are out of their game, out of their element. And then on top of that, when he's knocking down three-pointers, man, I mean, he is just – he's turned into a super effective at all levels um, player for the Tigers. And, and Lester's ability to – um, affect the game at all levels, I think is what won them that game against Dayton. Yeah, and and something interesting that Penny Hardaway said after the game was talking about trying to trying to get Lester to do this on a consistent basis because we have seen games where he kind of disappears and doesn't do much on the box score. And it, I, I think it goes to show us when he plays like this, Memphis is at a different level, not only because he's hitting shots and helping on the offensive end, but when he's locked in on the defensive end and, and grabbing rebounds and fighting down low, he brings such a competitive physical edge to this team in the backcourt that they miss without Alex Lomax. But I think when Lester's playing at this level, I mean, it, it's it's impossible to say that he's not playing like the best guard, true guard on the team. Because you don't see many guards get 10 rebounds in a game. and that And, and it's nothing about you know why is he so good at it why you know what what causes Lester to be so good at it? it's not that he's bigger than everybody else or longer than everybody else he just when he's in that mode he has a different level of desire and hustle when going to the ball and it's it's really fun to watch it's specifically you think about uh late late in the second half he got two offensive rebounds on the same possession uh you don't see guards do that very often it wasn't because the ball just happened to fall into his lap uh, it's because he was there, he was in the right position, and he was fighting down low uh, to get those rebounds and and to make different plays and to and to make things happen. So overall, good performance for Memphis uh, on the offensive glass to out rebound somebody seventeen to two is is pretty incredible. Uh, Jordy Shimanga, somebody that you and I talked about last week, Kenny uh, Dayton's leading rebounder, averaging eight rebounds per game, and they blank him on the glass. He has no rebounds. That's not an easy thing to do. You do not see a team's leading rebounder get completely taken out of a game, but that's what Memphis was able to do because they were so aggressive on the glass, uh, which which I think is the biggest reason why they were able to come away with this game. Uh, the amount of second-chance points they got off of offensive rebounds, uh, the hustle that they showed down low, is what this team has to do moving forward if they want to be the NIT champions. Yeah, it, it's interesting to me. The rebounding side of it, it was weird because um, – I mean, Shamanga was a is a big kid, athletic, could move. I mean, he made a couple of over the shoulder baskets that were pretty impressive um, during the game. Um, but I think this is an example of the development that we've seen in Musa over the last over this this year. Even though he didn't play, I, I don't think the final maybe ten minutes of the game. Um, you know, the the times that he did play, um, there was that was one of my concerns. Um, at, before the game started was that the Musa was going to be physically overmatched. You know, if Musa can get in space and he can get, um, you know, 
screen and rolls, he's an effective player because of his ability to leap and his his quickness. But if he has to engage a more physically dominant player um, or a physically um, you know skilled player, um, at times you see that he is uh, there's some development that needs to happen. Well, that you didn't see much of that in the Dayton game, and um, you didn't see. Um, Shemanga be able to push him around the way that I think Musa was pushed around at the beginning of the year, um, which is a good sign for Musa. I mean, we we all knew Musa coming in was going to be a a project that that you know defensively he was he was going to be a um, you know a effective player, um, but offensively we knew there was going to be some struggles. But I mean, one of the biggest developments I've seen in Musa this year is just his ability to physically play against two to three year old older guys than than he is I mean he should still be in high school right now so I mean that was a big development not just for the NIT tournament but for Musa's future as a Tiger and going into the NBA yeah and we've talked about a lot of positives but I think one thing that still concerns me we talked about this last week leading up to the game is is that in a specific game we don't know when it's going to happen but Memphis is going to need consistent play from someone at the five from someone in the front court other than DeAndre Williams Malcolm Dandridge was really good early in the game and kind of disappeared late in the game uh Musa same thing was grabbing rebounds and playing well in the beginning of the game and didn't do much later in the game uh didn't play for you know kind of the end of the second half and in games like this, when Lester Quinones has 13 and Landers Nolly has 21 and DeAndre has 12, uh, DJ had some really good minutes late in the game. When those things are happening, they don't necessarily need somebody at the five. But when they play someone with a dominant big who takes over a game, like we've seen at times this year, they have to have someone at that five step up. Uh, and I don't know if it's going to happen in the NIT. I don't know if it's going to come. Uh, you know, in this tournament, but at some point, whether it's in this tournament or early next year or, you know, fighting for, for a spot next year, whenever it may be, Memphis has to have some kind of consistency at the five. Uh, I know they have Sam Amide coming in next year. I don't want to get too ahead of myself. I know, I know we're not looking forward to next season, but that's something from that game that concerns me because you have to have that physical presence inside. Uh, it doesn't necessarily have to be obvious every game because every game you don't just need a physical presence down low to win. Uh, but to have a consistent physical presence for Memphis, I think, is key moving forward. Uh, and hopefully they can establish that against Boise State. But speaking of Boise State, Kenny, we're going to take a quick quick break, hear from our sponsors. We're going to move on, talk about the quarterfinal matchup against Boise State, and take a look at that. of sports mixed with your pop culture along with humor and celebrity interviews your earbuds are enjoying the rich eisen show dan orlovsky are you still a Jaden daniels is the best quarterback available in the draft guy i think the three things that make it stand out for me are number one i think his ball placement versus man coverage is the best in the draft every quarterback in the nfl is accurate he's got the best on tape number two most transferable stuff to the nfl and then i think the third thing is pocket peace search for the rich eisen show on youtube or wherever you listen chilling new original docu-series on Paramount Plus. 
Why did he kill his family? The answer lies across the ocean and a woman named Sylvie. She's a can model. Where desire leads to deception. I ended up spending twelve and fifteen thousand dollars a day. It was addictive. I can't get you out. And obsession leads to murder. Who did this to your family? You can't really maintain a fantasy forever. Control Alt Desire now streaming on Paramount Plus. Welcome back, everyone. And as I mentioned before the break, we are going to move on to the quarterfinal game against Boise State, number two seed Boise State, number one seed Memphis on Thursday night on ESPN, I believe. And Kenny, we talked a lot about matchups last week before that Dayton game. Uh, Just off the rip, you know, looking at this game, looking at some of the stats, what is the top matchup in this game to watch for? Well, this might come as a surprise to you, Christian, but I have not seen Boise State play this year. Um, so I had to do some research. Um, I didn't know much about the team, uh, but one thing that jumps off the 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 stats immediately is that they are a guard dominant team. Um, they are a team that relies heavily on their wing play, um, and and there's some there's one thing. And Christian, I'll let you dive into it a little bit, but there's one thing that that stands out in terms of their guard play that I don't think Memphis has faced a lot this year that could be a turning point in the game and that's the size of their guards of their wing play so dive into that and and it's it's an interesting thing to look at I think for for Thursday's game yeah because we talked about so much throughout the year especially with Memphis on the defensive side of the ball looking at their traps and their presses how they're so much longer than every every other team how they're so much more athletic and they have a big matchup here uh, against Boise State because you look at uh, Boise State's top player and Derek Alston is listed as a guard, but he's 6'8", 6'9". Uh, Emmanuel Acott, same thing, listed as a guard, 6'8". So they have a ton of size and length, and they have players that can potentially beat those traps and beat those presses with their length. And that's something that we haven't seen Memphis necessarily have to face this year, someone that can match up with them as far as length and athletic ability goes. So um, I don't know how concerning it is. Um, You know, I'm sure Penny Hardaway and the staff have a plan for that, but it is something different that this team hasn't necessarily seen. They do have some smaller guards uh, in Marcus Shaver at 6'2", but then uh, probably going to butcher this, uh, Divanair Dutrieve at 6'5", as a guard. So they have a lot of size, and I think specifically those wing matchups are what to watch for uh, the Fords and uh, Derek Austin and Emmanuel Acott, uh, two guys that have played well throughout the season. Emmanuel Acott started against SMU and had a big game, uh, knocked down a lot of threes in that game. So it's going to be a challenge. Like I said, I know that they are prepared. I know that they've you know obviously watched film and they know that they're going have to have to battle a team with length. But going back to you know what we've talked about all year, you can watch length on film. And it's completely different when you get in the game. And we're typically saying that about Memphis versus, you know, opposing teams, that opposing teams can watch film on the presses and the traps. But it's, you can't simulate that. You can't simulate that uh, with guys that you have. You can't be used to that until you get into a game. 
And we may see a similar situation with Memphis. I mean, it, the matchups will be very interesting. Who do they put on Derek Alston? Uh, do they put? Do they try to put Lester on him because he's you know their best defensive guard at this point, or do they try to put Landers on him because Landers has more size? Um, Emmanuel Acott, do they put DeAndre Williams on him? So the matchups to me are, are what's going to define this game. I think they're very interesting, especially when you look at the size of this team and the athletic ability of this team because they can they can cause a lot of problems with that. And we'll see how Memphis chooses to defend it. I, I, obviously, I think they have the bodies. I think they have the length and the athleticism to do so. Uh, but I do think there will need to be adjustments at some point because – Let's just say, you know, hypothetical, for instance, if they put Landers on Derek Austin and Derek Austin's getting buckets, at that point, do you try to go put Lester on him and say, look, we know that you're smaller in this matchup, but just go make plays? Uh, I don't know. That's what we'll be watching to see. But for me, that is that is the most interesting thing to watch is, is how Memphis matches up with size and athleticism uh, because they're used, to being, they're used to being the team that has the advantage in that department. And this might come as a surprise to no one that are Tiger that that this Tigers fans, but I think what you're probably going to end up seeing is I think Penny's going to press from the word go, and I think you're going to see a a very heavy um, dose of that um, trap pressure that they put on, and and I know they do that a lot um, already, but I think it could become effective even more so because you're dealing with. Um, I mean, what's the one thing the Tigers do a lot of, and that's get their hands on balls on in that pressure, um, that pressure trap that they do. Um, and when you've got big guys trying to handle the ball, when you got big guys trying to get the ball up the court, which it seems like that's what Boise State wants to do, is the the guys that are um, you know six foot nine, six foot eight that handle the ball, they're gonna have to come up and help um, their their point guard. And I, it's going to be interesting to me to see how many turnovers the Tigers are able to force in this game um, with that with that pressure zone that they put on, or that pressure yeah that pressure trap that they put on. And then, like I was just talking about, you know, talking about the front court and talking about the bigs. In my opinion, this could be that game where Memphis does need that physical presence because you look at uh, Boise State starting five. Uh, gonna butcher this one too. Maladin Armis is one of those big, physical, six ten, two forty guys that is just kind of goes to work down low and is physical down low. Put up eighteen and ten against SMU in the win in the first round. Uh, had five offensive rebounds, and you know at times this this year we've seen bigger, more physical front court players overpower Memphis, uh, and that didn't happen with Jordy Shimanga. But it could happen in this game. Armis, like I said, is a is a big physical guy down low. He's kind of Boise State's enforcer. He's the guy down low that that everything kind of runs through. So that's another, in my opinion, another big matchup to watch is him because he may not be their best scorer. Eighteen points is a, is a lot for him, uh, but he averages eight rebounds per game. He is a a rebounder and a just a one of the lunch pail guys. Is going to come work whatever he needs to do. Uh, is going to do so maybe Malcolm's the better matchup there maybe we see Malcolm more in this game because he's bigger and more physical uh, but they have to find a way to neutralize him in this game and then and then the obvious one is Derek Austin the team's leading scorer uh, averaging over 17 points per game this year didn't have a great performance against SMU but is a guy that can go off for you know 20 plus on any given night because he can score from all three levels a big body guy that's super athletic so 
you know, there there are matchups in every game that are interesting, and that's that's a lot of what we do here is break down matchups and break down different things. But but this game, I think, presents a a very unique challenge for Memphis because there are some areas where Boise State is stronger, Boise State is better, and they have a matchup in a spot where Memphis has a weakness. Like I just mentioned, you know, down low with the physical presence, Boise State has an established one. And Memphis doesn't necessarily have a consistent, established big man down low that is is kind of their enforcer. Derek Olson is the guy for this team that that goes and gets buckets, and we've seen times where Memphis doesn't have a consistent bucket getter. Um, and then we talked about the length and athleticism, obviously being being pretty similar, which it typically isn't. So a lot of interesting matchups in this game, a lot of things to watch for. Um, I think Memphis has the potential to go win this tournament, to go win the NIT. But this may be the most difficult matchup that they will come across in this tournament. And it's not because Boise State's the the best team in the NIT, but it's just because of the matchups that we've talked about offer a a lot of different problems for Memphis that they haven't had to really overcome or deal with a ton this year because there aren't many teams that can match up with them uh, lengthwise. So very interesting game. Uh, very interested to see the game plan and how Penny comes out and attacks um, and, and which players are matched up on who and, and which guys – are going to go get get buckets in this game because Boise State is a team that can that can score the basketball at will, averaging almost eighty points per game this year. So that defense that is you know so good, one of the top two or three defenses in the country, is going to have to come to play once again on Thursday night. What are the uh, the Tigers? You said are favored in this game. Yeah, they're favored by four. It's going to be a tough one, man. It's going to be a fun game to watch. You know, not having seen Boise State play this year, I didn't get a chance to see them play against SMU. Um, but they, I mean, you know, Kendrick Davis had a hell of a game against them and, and they were able to still beat them and move on. So, um, I agree with you, Christian. I think this is going to be a very interesting matchup and one that I don't think the Tigers have had in terms of just the, which way the matchups are going to go. And, and it's really going to be about which team can exert their will the most in this game. And and again, you know, we talked about it last week with the Dayton game and and the the coaching matchup between Anthony Grant and and um, Penny Hardaway. Um I think whoever has the scout for the Tigers and Penny are going to have to be on their Ps and Qs to make sure that these matchups aren't getting out of hand. If they, if they start seeing trends in one direction or another to be able to make those adjustments on the fly. So um, I'm excited for this game. I think it's going to be a fun game to watch and it's going to be something that we haven't seen yet. And that's just the, the team is going to be the team they're playing is going to be as big or bigger, pretty much in every matchup on the floor. So Tigers haven't experienced that much this year, and it's going to be inter- interesting to see how they handle it. Yeah, I completely agree, and that's and that's kind of the story of this game. Who can play their game? Who can play at the tempo they want to play at? Who can force the other team to speed up or slow down and, and get uncomfortable? And that's what it's going to be. Uh, Memphis has been really good at, at that all year, uh, and they'll need to kind of establish that from the beginning. Uh, but before we get out of here, I've got two players that I think are the key to this game for Memphis, and I think that's I think that's the guards in this game. I think Boogie Ellis and Lester Quinones really are the two players to watch. Boogie really didn't do much uh, against Dayton. I think he was maybe one or four, one or five from the floor with that late three uh, was the only bucket that he hit. 
uh, really just didn't get many looks. And when other guys are hot, obviously the ball's not going to come to him as much. Uh, Landers was getting a lot of the looks, and Lester was getting a lot of the looks. But I think with what we're talking about with the size and the matchups and all that, I think Boogie Ellis may have the best matchup. If he's matched up against Marcus Shaver, he has a bit of a size advantage, uh, more length than Marcus Shaver, and could could potentially take advantage of that matchup. And then as far as Lester goes, uh, you know, if, if guys like Derek Austin are on Landers Nolly and Emmanuel Acott's on DeAndre Williams, then Lester has a pretty a pretty even matchup, a guy that is about the same size as him. Um so I think he's got to carry over that performance offensively. I think he needs to be as locked in as he was in that last game. And for him, when that does come, it tends to be that his defense leads to offense or his hustle leads to offense. It's not him just spotting up on the wing waiting for the ball. So I want to see that same aggressiveness from him. I want to see him hustle, make those plays, and then translate offensively. And Boogie needs to be hot in this game. I think Boogie's going to have to hit shots. Um, uh, like I said, he was a little bit off in that last game, but that was coming off of a 27-point performance against Houston in that semifinal game. So it's not like he's in some slump right now. Like I said, the just the offensive rhythm of that game wasn't geared towards him; it was geared toward other guys. And I think we may see it shift back to him uh, in this game. So th- those are my two guys that I think really need to have a solid performance for Memphis uh, to advance to the semifinal game. Uh, for me, it's 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 someone else, and it's a guy that you mentioned last week, and it's DJ. Um, I think DJ is a huge. I think DJ is going to play a big role. One of the things that we've seen DJ being a sophomore, kind of having a stunted freshman year. It's been kind of a an up and down year for him. And DJ right now is playing his best ball of the year. Right now he's playing the best he's played. Um, I, you know, since he's been a Tiger. Um, but one of the things that I'm interested to see is if DJ can respond to. Um, I, I think we might see a DJ matchup with um, Austin in this game. Um, I think that, you know, the size-wise, they match up. Um, they kind of had the same skill sets in terms of what they do. Um, one of the things I'm interested to see if, if DJ will shrink from that that matchup or if he'll stand up and 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 um, accept the challenge that it's going to be and and go after it because you know Austin is a um, a senior. And he's got some experience, and Boise State's been a good team. And so um, I think him, you know, I, I think we'll see um, a heavy DJ game. And my question will be is if DJ can, can, will rise to the occasion. And so if he can, if he plays as good as he's been playing um, the, these last couple of games, I think that, that the Tigers will have, will be able to neutralize that matchup. So, um, I think for me, ZJ's the 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 guy that I'm looking to 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 really um, push the team forward and and um, onto the next round. I guess this would be the if they win this game, it'll be the semifinals of the NIT. So um, I'm I'm hoping DJ has a big game for the Tigers this this, uh, this Thursday. Yeah, I completely agree with that point, Kenny, because we saw Memphis try to match up DJ Jeffries against someone with a similar size in that ECU game against Jaden Gardner and Jaden Gardner got everything that he wanted against DJ so uh, and we've seen him step up since then he's played much better on both ends of the floor since then so I definitely think there will be times in this game where he's asked to guard Derek Alston uh, but with that being said everyone head over to GoTigers247.com we'll have all the pre during the game and post game coverage of the Boise State game Uh, Also got some spring practice stuff going on. Uh, Jonah and I are working on a couple things. 
and this is coming out on Tuesday, so we released an article on Monday, kind of a spring ta- uh, spring practice roundtable on some of our opinions on some of the biggest topics uh, during spring practice. So go go check that out. Go check out the site for all the latest on Memphis football and Memphis basketball. Uh, with that being said, Kenny, you got anything else? I'm good. That's a wrap. Thank you for listening to Tigers in 20. If you enjoyed this episode, we would love for you to leave a comment and a rating wherever you downloaded your podcast. If you are interested in daily content all about the University of Memphis athletic program, please hop over to www.gotigers247.com. Articles are published daily, and you can join the Go Tigers 247 family by signing up for a VIP membership for even more behind-the-scenes information. We'll see you back here next week. It's the NFL offseason, but on Pick 6, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, the football season never stops. Host Will Brinson, John Breach, and Tyler Sullivan are joined by analysts like Brady Quinn, Leslie Ducible, Katie Mox, and R.J. White to keep you in the loop on everything happening around the league. Whether it's free agents signing with new teams, the all-important NFL draft, or schedule release day, Pick 6 has you covered. As the face of the league changes with every team move and player pickup this spring, Pick 6 is a must-listen. Download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and anywhere podcasts are found.